you will this morning turn with me to our text which is found in the gospel according to John chapter 14 it's John 14 verse 19 it's John 14 19 the words of the Lord Jesus Christ yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but ye see me because I live ye shall live also let us pray Dear Heavenly Father, how faithful Thou art, how glorious Thou art, how good Thou art, how great Thou art. I thank Thee, O Lord, that Thou hast brought us here in Thy faithfulness once again, provided a place, provided a time. Lord, we pray that according to that faithfulness, Lord, You have told us where two or more are gathered in Thy name. You will be here in the midst of us. O Lord, be here with us and teach us and guide us and lead us to Thy feet as you did your disciples many, many years ago, to be fed, to be nurtured. Oh, Lord, may you be pleased to bring forth thy glory for thy name's sake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The text in John 14, 19 sits right there. And in this time, I know I've mentioned it many times, as I've been in John 14, 15, and 16. The glorious truth that the Lord at this last time that he would speak to his disciples would gather them there all 11 of them at his feet and he would instruct them in things and telling them that they were that he was about to go away and he would tell them that he would be sending them another comfort he also told them that he was going to lay down his life that he would voluntarily lay down his life and that, what Jesus said in John ten seventeen, He said, Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. So when the Lord comes to this time that He's speaking of, and in 19, 14, 19 in John, He says, Yet a little while. It's more of that communion. It's more of that union. It's more of that instruction. And he says something very profound when he says, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. For they did see him. He came in time. He performed many miracles. He turned water to wine. He cast out devils. He healed people. He spoke many times in public assembly, and people would come and hear him. He would stand in the truth against the religious order of the time and the people would come out and see him and yet it would have no effect upon them and the Lord says that yet a little while and the world seeth me no more because the Lord is going to lay down his life and when the Lord took it up again and when he came he appeared only to his church only to the people of God 40 days he came back on this earth and appeared to his church the world would see him no more it is the same today because the world has never seen him. they can't see him in the flesh they can't see him in the spirit I thought about this deeply this week as I think about all the religious things that we do we come here on Sunday we sing hymns 
I was just blessed by singing that hymn that we just sang this morning. But I thought the Lord impressed upon me what's going to happen when we don't sing hymns anymore. What's it going to be when I'm laying in a bed about to meet my Creator and I can't sing? And I don't have the I don't have the strength to pick up a Bible and read the Bible. And I don't have the strength to get up out of bed and to go to the house of worship. How much do those things matter in our relationship with the Lord? Is it those things that cause our relationship with the Lord? Or is He the reason because of them? I was challenged by that because I I love the Word of God. I really do. If my day doesn't start in this book, I feel lost. But if this book was taken away from me because of some circumstance, because of the Lord's providence, would I still see Him? Would I still have a relationship with Him? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. There is a vital union between Christ and His sheep. The world has never, has never experienced the relationship with Christ as they never have. And it doesn't matter today how many churches are open this morning and speaking in the name of Christ and preaching false doctrine. Because you know when that will stop? When they die. That Jesus that they preach will stop being preached when their mouth is shut. But this Lord is eternal. This Lord will never be silenced. This Lord says to His children this morning, but you see me. Paul said that in Hebrews 2.9. He said, but we see Jesus. That's my, my question this morning as I look at this text. And Jesus said, you know, in this little while, the world's never going to see me again. When they lift me up on that tree, that'll be the last time they see me. And they'll scoff and they'll mock and the world will go their separate way once Jesus is laid in that tomb. And they'll never see Him again. And that's what made me thinking about all these things. I said, well, is that all I have? Is that what I have? Going to a church or, or reading my Bible? Or is there more in it? I mean, is Christ the Word of God? Is Christ worship? Is Christ life? Because this text tells me He is. He says, if I'm going to live, it's because He lives. And that's the only way. So what we're bombarded with every day and what we're told is life in this world today that is absent of Christ in it can't be life. It can't be. Because Jesus says to His people, because I live, ye shall. That's a promise. That's a promise sealed in His blood. That's a promise sealed in eternity. That's a promise that Jesus said you'll live because I'm going to send you the Comforter. He's going to lead you. He's going to testify of my life in you. He's going to lead you into my life. My life. And as we sit today and we, we think on these things as we're hearing them, we have an examination in front of us. Is this truly life that we're living? Is my life reflective of the life of Christ?
Because Jesus said it. He said, if I live, I mean, because I live, you shall live also. So that life emanates from Christ. That life is Christ. And yet the Lord, it pleased the Lord to hide it from the world. You know, we don't have many passages in the Word of God which come right out and say that Jesus was happy, that He had great joy, and He had... But in John, uh, Luke 12, 10, 21, He says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit. What was He rejoicing of? And I mean, so one time in the Word of God, it said Jesus' spirit was rejoicing. Not that He didn't have joy. This is the time that was recorded for us, that He had joy. What did He joy over? I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in Thy sight. And yet, we have this desire, and we have this... I mean, I have people that I love, and that I'm near, that I want to see the truth. But the Lord has deemed it in His wise counsel to hide it from I marvel at that. I absolutely marvel that the Lord Jesus Christ, that brought Him great joy. That His truth is revealed to His people alone. That's it. And today, I look at this world that lies in wickedness, and I see that He is still carrying out that plan. This world that lies in wickedness, don't see Him. Doesn't matter how religious you say you are. Doesn't matter how many bake sales you have for Christ. Doesn't matter how much gymnasium time you have and people coming. Doesn't matter how many Bible studies you have. It doesn't matter how many meetings you have during the week. And you tell people that Christ will be here. He's hidden from the world. And He always will be. That's what He said. Yet a little while and the world will see Me no more. No more. They at that time in the time Jesus came into history, they saw Him in the flesh. They saw Him in the flesh. Man today's, today can only see Him after the flesh. It must be revealed. He must take and say, I am your life. And that life is how we see Christ. There's no other way. Jesus said in this passage, He said, but ye see me. You see me. Turn with me. Hold your place here because we'll be coming back. But turn with me over to 1 Peter chapter 1 real quick. Now I want you to, Lord willing, follow these passage, this passage we share with you this morning. And see what Jesus, what Peter is saying about the Lord Jesus Christ and, and how he reveals himself to his people. Let's just start in verse 7. The trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes. Now, we don't look at trials that way. We've had quite a few of them this week. But I want to define what a trial is because the Bible defines it. Brother Paul and I were talking about that this week said something to me. He said, well, I don't even know if I can call that a trial. 
Well, I'll tell you in a minute, the Bible defines how you see a trial. I mean, what is a trial? So, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory. Here it is. This is defines it. At the appearing of Jesus Christ. If during or after the end of your trial, it leads to Christ, the appearance of Christ, that He has brought it, that He has ordained it, that He has brought you through it, that He is enough, that is a trial. We all, the world all has trials. But the trials of faith, what the Lord tries in the soul, always ends in His appearance. He brings you through the fire. He brings you through the waters. He brings you through as that great shepherd. And the end result isn't a blessing from the world. It isn't, oh, that fell into my lap monetarily and that was great. My, this trial's over. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's the appearing of Jesus Christ. But you see me. That's what Jesus said. But you see me. You will see me. I'm sending you the comforter. The comforter is going to reveal to you how I am at the end of that trial. How I am bringing you through that trial. How I am the Lord of that trial. Verse 8, Peter says, Whom having not seen. Jesus now has been crucified. He's been resurrected. And he's been ascended up to the heavens. So Peter says to the child of God, he says, whom having not seen, you love. How do we love him? We just sang that song. Because he loved us first. But how? what apprehends that love? What tells us that to love something that we can't physically see? It's the faith of the Son of God. Could it be anything else? Could it be your faith? Have you ever, have you ever seen the difference of your faith and the faith of Christ? How far does your faith get you? I'll tell you how far mine gets me until it gets harder. <laughs> and then I'm ready to give up. Whom having not seen, you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing, that's his faith. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's rejoicing in the inner man. He's just, he's talking about a trial. He's talking about Christ appearing to us in our soul that we apprehend by His faith. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Does the faith that the Lord give you bring you to cry out to the Lord, Thank you, Lord. You've saved me from this trial. You've saved me from sin. You've saved me from the wicked one. You've saved me from the curse of the law. You've saved me from myself. You've saved me from this world. That's what the faith of Christ brings us to. His appearing. His salvation. That He has appeared to His people that way. Now look at this in verse 10. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Peter said those prophets back in the Old Testament, that's what they were talking about. They were talking about Jesus Christ. They were talking about Him coming and living and dying and, and being resurrected and, and, and ascending to the heavens. Well, how did they do that? 
How did they know such depth of Christ? Well, we, we don't have to go anywhere. He tells us. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them. The Spirit of Christ was in David. The Spirit of Christ was in Isaiah. The Spirit of Christ was in Jeremiah. That's how they saw Him. That's how you and I, but you see me. The world doesn't see me. Why? They don't have the Spirit of Christ, not of His. But you see me. You see me because the Spirit of Christ is within you. It's the seed. Which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. They saw them because of the Spirit of Christ and the glory that should follow. They saw Him resurrected. They saw Him ascended. You and I on this side of the resurrection see Him the same way. The Spirit of Christ that dwells within us. But you see me. You know, I marvel when I read things like our text today. Uh, the world doesn't see me, but you see me. And I knew they sit right there and they didn't see him. They saw him in a physical form and had a great time with him, rejoicing in the physical form, but they didn't understand he was going to lay down his life. They didn't understand that he was going to die on the cross. They didn't understand that he was going to ascend into heaven. They didn't understand about the resurrection. They knew it. They had heard it. But they had no understanding. But oh, when the Lord comes. Oh, when the Lord reveals Himself. Verse 12 says, Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, it's not who they were prophesying for, but talking about Christ to come, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven which things the angels desire to look into. That last phrase right there is mesmerizing to me. These beings that are ministering spirits that the Lord uses at His disposal desire what? They desire to see and to understand the things that the Holy Spirit reveals to us? Yeah. They've never experienced forgiveness. They've never experienced salvation. They've never experienced what Christ has done. He didn't lay down his life for the angels. He laid down his life for his church. That we will live because he lives. Do you see him that way? Let's go back to our text. Do you see the Lord revealed this way? You know, seven years ago, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, seven years ago, that the Lord led me to preach a sermon on verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. It was a real hard time in our life. Seven years ago, that's when Steph started having the back problems and and uh, it was very, it was at the worst time where the most pain was and her crying out to the Lord. And I remember this that, that day and I remember the Lord leading me to those words in 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And I got to say, I know the reason the Lord gave me this text today is because I experienced a little bit about that in the beginning of the week again. As I see this new affliction in her life, she really tries hard to live. She does. 
and I see her sit every day trying to calculate her life. You know, I'm in pain. I can do this little bit. I can go get me a heating pad, and I can get me something. I can put it under my arm. I can get relief for a little bit, then I can go do this. Then I can get back on that ice, and then I can get back in it, and all day do the same thing. And then if the night gets worse, she's crying out and saying, I, I just don't know how to live. It seems like we have this cycle, you know, that um, it, it is a cycle that the Lord sends to his children. It's, the, it's that precious trial of faith. And the only way I've seen, I saw it this week, the only way, the only thing that lifted her up was the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you wouldn't have known that that was that person crying out, and you wouldn't have known she was the one running around trying to figure out how to live life because there was rest given. That's the faithfulness of the shepherd. He did it seven years ago. He did it again this week. But you see me. It's a promise. You will see him. You will. I've seen him so faithful in my life and her life and those around me that, that I know the Lord loves has revealed himself over and over again. And it's something the world will never have. And as you start to talk to people in this world, no matter how close you are to them in the relationships that we have in this life, if they don't understand the depth of Christ, there'll be something missing in your relationship. If you understand. If you see Him. Because all it'll do is fall on deaf ears. But don't be discouraged. Because the Lord is faithful. He saves to the uttermost. He's the one that, that calls His sheep. He's the one that goes out and gets the lost. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me. And because we see him, he tells us this, the last part of our text this morning. Because I live. Listen to these words. I, I've heard life described, I've heard the meaning of life described so many ways. I'm a sports nut. I watch all kind of sports on TV. I see the t-shirts. I see that this is life. Baseball's life. Football's life. That ain't life. Even if you love it, it ends. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, it can't give you life. Can't get what is life? What is life? We're all getting older. Every day of our lives, we're getting older. Does it ever wonder? Do you ever have those deep thoughts? What is life? Or do we just keep going every day and just say, this must be what life is? Jesus defines it this way. Because I live, you shall live. And that's not living any way that the sheep wants to live or desires in his flesh to live because our flesh does want to speak. Our flesh does want to walk its own way. But it's the desire of the soul that Christ causes the child of God to cry out to Him to say, Lord, teach me how to live. Show me Your way. I know, Lord, You are the way, the truth, and the life. Habakkuk said it this way in Habakkuk 2.4. He said, Behold, 
His soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Now think about that. If your soul is lifted up in pride, you will never be upright. Upright means in relation to Christ and communing with the Lord. The second half of that verse is, but the just shall live by his faith. When we are lifted up in our own soul by our own pride and our own way, we can't live by the faith of the Son of God. We're living by the faith of whoever you are. And that will only get you to the next hardship. I've seen so many people and heard of so many people destroyed because their faith could not last any longer. I've read things left behind of people who have taken their life because they said just that. I couldn't believe anymore. Well, that's not his faith. That's the faith we generate in this life and things and circumstances and money and titles and health and prosperity. No, Habakkuk got it right. The just, those justified in Christ, they shall live by the faith of the Son of God. They'll live by His faith. They won't live by their own. Y'all know where I'm going, right? Galatians 2.20, of course. Paul got it right, too. Paul spoke the gospel. The Holy Spirit said, this is how you're going to live, Paul. We said, oh, Paul was a great apostle. Paul, you know, he, he had all these gifts given to him, and all he had to do was go out and live. No. <laughs> no. I'm crucified with Christ. Past tense. I died with Christ as he died on the cross. And to me, my sins are crucified on the cross. Now, we may not live that way, but it don't change the fact, does it? It doesn't change the fact that the child of God is dead to sin because of the work of Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Paul said, nevertheless, I live. Even though I'm crucified with Christ, I live. I live, I live, I live in the... I live in the flesh. He'll tell us that in a minute. I live, I live my life every day. Well, wait a minute. Paul catches himself. I live. Well, well, yet not I. I don't live in this world. I can't. I've done that once. I, I lived in this world in my religion. And I was high in my religion. I really was. I was a great student. I did everything religion told me to do. I railed on those that were these Christ followers because they caused trouble. But the religious world taught me to do things right and do this way, and I lived that way. Well, no, you didn't live at all, Paul. You were dead. You were dead in trespasses and sins. Paul says, I live now. But I don't live. He lives. That's what he said here. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. Christ lives in me. That's the spirit of Christ that the prophets had. That's the spirit of Christ you and I have. It's the spirit of Christ that Paul had. I live. And the life which I now live in the flesh, that I live here right standing before you, as Paul said, wrote, I live by the faith of the Son of God. 
Not by mine. Not by anything I've done. Not by any any kind of experience or anything that has, has gathered me and I've gotten more holiness and more holiness and, and I've learned more and I've learned more and I've learned more. Paul said, I haven't attained. Paul, you haven't attained? Well, I know if you haven't attained. I know I haven't attained. That's right. We're dependent upon our Lord every day to live upon and by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. That's why. That's why. That's why He gifted this faith to every one of His children and He continues to gift it to live because He loves us. Because there's no life. Because I live, you shall live also. And you will live this way, upon me, by me, through me. In me. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Because He lives, I live. Hold your finger there and turn with me over to Romans 8. A couple of verses in Romans 8. We'll begin in 2 and then we'll jump down to 9. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I know some people have a trouble with that law. It means principle. What the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's what the Lord, that's what resurrection life in Christ is. We're freed from the law of sin and death. Now look at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man, remember the world's not going to see him anymore. They saw him after the flesh one time. The world will never see Christ again until he comes in judgment. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, that's what we've been talking about, because I live, how do we live? The Spirit of Christ. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Then if you start to get worried or whatever because your body is dead, he tells us in the next verse that that spirit will raise. The same spirit that raised Christ will raise up our bodies. Has he not made provision for us in all things? Is he not life over all things? What ails you this morning? What kind of thoughts as we live in this life? What kind of things cause you great depression? I've got my own. I mean, I... But I know that the remedy is Christ. I know that it's Christ's life in me. Paul said it in, in Philippians 1.21. He says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ. Christ is my life. For me to live is Christ. He didn't misspeak when he said that. Okay, oh, well, he misspoke when he said that. It didn't make sense. No, for me to live is Christ. It is Christ. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ's life. It's Christ's power. It's Christ Himself. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain 
because then I'll see him as he is and I'll be known and <laughs> we, we don't have the time to go in the glories of that may the Lord impress that upon you that what gain there is in death is there death for the child of God? no, there's gain there's life there's eternal life Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live sound familiar? he shall live because I live ye shall live he is the life of his people and whosoever li liveth and believeth in me shall never die believest thou this? Do you believe it? Do you believe in the eternality of life in Christ Jesus? I hope so. Because that is life. That is life. In my readings this week with Stephanie, we read Psalm 27. And in Psalm 27, 8, I love this. I had to jot this down. In Psalm 27, 8, David said, When thou said... Seek ye my face. My heart said unto thee, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. When you said to me, when your power came to me and said, Seek my face, that's the only way. Because I live, you shall live also. Because I said to you, Seek my face, David said, Because you said to me, Seek my face, then my heart said, I'll seek thy face. My people will be willing in the day of my power. That's right. That's life. That's what life is in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote this in the beginning of the letter to Timothy, second letter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. I have the promise of life, Paul said, given to me. That's, that's why I'm writing this epistle. That's why I'm an apostle. Because I have the promise of life that's in Christ Jesus. Do you have that fill-in-the-blank time here today? I am blank because of the life of Christ in me. Whether that's your vocation, whether that's your name, whether that's who you see yourself as. I am this because of Christ in me. That's, that's a hard thing. Because for Christ to be in us, that means the life of Christ must be lived out of us. Yes, our text says, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. Turn with me now as we'll kind of come to an end here in Habakkuk chapter 3. I know I've been many times preaching up here and I've ended a lot of messages in this passage. It just speaks to me every time the Lord leads me there. May it speak to you today as the Lord sees fit. We'll back up to 13. 
Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people. Even for salvation with thine anointed. That's Habakkuk, once again, by the Spirit of Christ, seeing that Christ will come, his anointed. Thou, would, thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation unto the neck. See law. Thou didst strike through with his staves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses through the heap of great waters. This is oppression. Habakkuk's soul, he's seeing all the destruction around him. He's seeing what's happening to Israel. And he's feeling it in the soul. And he cries out to the Lord. When I heard these things, when I heard about judgment, when I heard these things, my belly trembled. When I saw the goodness of the Lord and I saw the Lord's justice and mercy kissing themselves together, because you'll see the mercy here in a minute. I know all we've got is the judgment so far. But When I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Do your lips quiver when you hear the voice of the shepherd at times because of his holiness? Because his ways are so much higher than yours and mine? Because of His goodness. Lord, how can You be so good and, and long-suffering to someone such as I? I trembled in myself because I looked at myself and I said, Oh Lord, I'm unworthy. I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When He cometh up unto the people, He will invade them with His troops. There will be judgment in soul. There will be a time for the Lord to mortify. There will be a time for the Lord to prune. There will be a time that we're shaking as sheep shake. But the chastening hand of the Lord is out of love. And then these last three verses. <laughs> this is what makes this passage timeless. This one in 17, we can put any situation we have in our life today. Any, anything. Anything fits right in here. Listen to what he says. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Oh Lord, I live in a land where people fight every day. I live in a land where there's still oppression. I live in a land where all that we ever hear is, is rumors of war and, and, and we, see, we hear of babies dying and, and we hear of gross corruption in politics and we hear, listen, he's pouring out his complaint. He's saying, Lord, this is what I see. What do you see? What do I see? I mean, I, I still occasionally run into people who tell me, that life is, you know, what life is, is, is what you do. You know, you go do all these things and everything's great. And they're hidden. Everything's hidden from them. I had one tell me that yesterday. I've been living my life. And all I've seen is myself. And now all of a sudden I've seen what's going on with others. And what's going on in the world. 
what Habakkuk said. Look at look around. Look look at all the things. Look what's there's no fruit in the land anymore. Now we take this experientially. We look at our lives and we say, Lord, I don't see you. My sin is rampant. I have been wayward. I am angry. I don't believe when I should believe. I don't consult you, Lord, when I should reach out to you, Lord. I don't. And all of those things, the Lord has an answer for. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Why, Habakkuk? Well, you have the Spirit of Christ for one thing. I will joy in the God of my salvation. How? With all that going on and all that oppression, how? Because he lives, we shall live also. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places. The Lord will lift me up out of that. And he will set me on the rock, the rock that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He will hide me in the cleft of that rock. He will build my house upon that foundation, the one that can't be moved. He will make me to walk upon my high places. You know why? Because I live, ye shall live also. You believe it? Has He proved it to you? Has He shown you that life is in Him and sustaining life is in Him and there's no other life in comparison? May the Lord be pleased to bring us to His Word, to bring us to His feet as He did His disciples here in John 14. And may He say to us, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. My Lord and my God, to you be all glory. Great things you have done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.